Hello, I am Amber. I'm Chelsea. And welcome to Politics But Make It Fashion. Come chat with us. Hey, Chelsea. Girl, my girl. How you doing? I am doing so good tonight. So good. Oh, girl, that's what I like to hear on a Wednesday. Yes, yes. So um, as some of you may have heard last week, I was coughing in our podcast. Um, I am currently suffering through bronchitis. So I apologize if I am coughing in anybody's ear. I'm trying, (laughs) y'all. And you know what? Everyone else is coughing too, so don't play any games. Tis the season, all right? Tis the season. Tis the season. (laughs) All right, so what I want to start off talking about today is is, it's fall, so it's nice. It's hoodie season. It's sweater season. It is sweater dress season. How or do you is feel? <laughs> or or is it? How do you feel about like fall fashion? I guess kind of like the sweater dress thing. I love a sweater dress. I feel like you are a sweater dress. You <laughs> <laughs> you are forever in a sweater dress, wrapped in a sweater dress, belted sweater dress, sweater dress, with yeah, holes, yes. sweater dress with boots, sweater dress with uh, combat boots. Yes, you are. <laughs> Actually, dress. all of that, one hundred percent. I like the like, like the sweater dress with like the puff sleeves. Girl, you know, no. I love a like a good ornamental sleeve thing going on. An ornament? No, when I say that, I mean that literally. Like, I'm literally going through pictures and times I've seen you in person in a sweater dress, and it's at least seven. I'm. I think the we hadn't seen each other for a few months, and the last time when we saw each other like last year. I think I had a sweater dress on. When I we know you had a sweater dress on. It was like a beige. <laughs> yeah, it was sweater ba- dress. Yeah, yeah, and you had yep. some booties on. Looking yep. cute. That's I, one of my know, favorites. I feel like I was anti-sweater dress. But as clothes have evolved a little bit, and now I feel like they're a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. Girl, I love a sweater dress. Did you not like them before because like they were itchy? Because I feel like there was a time in our lives where every sweater was itchy and that's why we all hated sweaters for so long well i think too it was i mean if we're just gonna keep it real i think that they were itchy i think that i'm was also i'm a shorter person i'm a thicker woman so i feel like i didn't know how to rock the sweater dress and they were also in odd shapes So, like, not only did I have those things kind of stacked against me, but then I had a weird boxy-shaped sweater dress that I didn't know. Should I, like, bring the belt lower? Should I bring it higher? Or my calves (laughs) too big for these boots? Like, it was a whole thing. But now I think the shapes are nicer. Girl, the sweaters are so soft. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not talking about cashmere. I'm talking about being bougie on a budget. Mm -hmm. And the old Navy sweater dresses are here to stay. Yes. Listen. I remember when you gave me a green Abercrombie sweater. Wait, how did I have an Abercrombie sweater? I don't know. What size was it? I don't know if you knew how you had an Abercrombie (laughs) sweater either. It was Um, probably a mistake. Actually, but it was. I thrifted it and was like, you know what? Amber needs this. But it was itchy, but I loved it because it was really cute. And I liked the green is my favorite color. So I liked the color green and stuff. But the sweater was itchy. And I just did not understand why we, (laughs) why would you make this, you know? And then, you know what? I feel like the biggest thing that I have ever heard of and taken away from fashion advice is that do not wear something if you cannot wear it comfortably. 
And if you're going to be pulling at it, picking right. at it, moving yep. it, scratching, mm-hmm. don't do it. Even do if it, it even if you look like a solid 10 out of 10, like you walk in and you're a total smoke show, everybody wants to die because you look that good. If you're yeah. scratching and moving right. and pulling and tugging, don't do it. I, I think the way you, you want to wear your clothes and you don't want your clothes to wear you. And it doesn't really matter. I think you can wear something really simple. That's why sometimes you see a girl that can rock a t-shirt and just white tee and jeans and look stunning and it might be frustrating but the reason she probably looks so good is because she knows she looks good you know and she's carrying that air of confidence around and I think that definitely is something that uh (laughs) we could have used back with the itchy sweater guys period and you know what I don't why did I feel called out when you said why did I feel convicted (laughs) when you said you want to wear your clothes and you don't want your clothes to wear you oh I feel that in my soul and I'm like am I wearing my clothes or are my clothes I need to go do a heart check okay (laughs) so some of you guys might know that I am um, I'm a social worker I'm currently in school getting my master's degree in social work I work in politics and in um, community activism and things like that so in one of my classes right now we are learning about people with living with disabilities and things like that so I had a stat that was like 15% of people right now are living with some type of disability, whether it's visible or invisible. And Teen Vogue had done an article about politicians with disabilities. So there's not a ton of like politicians that have disabilities. And I kind of thought it was an interesting article, especially for like Teen Vogue. Um, But when I was looking at it, it was talking about that there's just still so much discrimination and structural structural barriers um, for people to even work in politics that have disabilities. Girl, so this is so messed up. The Social Security office people, okay, if you are working on a campaign, if you're working on a campaign and you're getting paid and or if you're working on a campaign and you're volunteering, they can just take your disability money. Like, why? What? (laughs) Right? And so you think, okay, maybe this is just for, like, the workers or whatever. No. It's even if you're the politician who's running. I think that is really interesting. Yeah. And it it kind of is one of those things where we always ask ask society as a whole, like, well, why aren't we more inclusive with things or why are some areas lacking in diversity? And then I kind of look at, you know, you hear about something and you look it up and you're like, well, this is why. Who made this rule? And it's kind of dumb. Um, So for first, I don't know if people know how much politicians make and stuff, but a lot of it kind of varies where you are. So for example, a city council person here in Scranton, Pennsylvania makes $1,000 a month. So if you are on a city council here and you're living with disabilities and you have money coming in that you still need that because you're not making enough to like live on but if you're a city council person in like new york city there's places where you can make one hundred and forty thousand dollars um a year as a city council person so i would 140 grand yeah yeah dang we in the wrong thing girl what? <laughs> we're in the wrong jobs but like so yeah if you're in a place like that you can live your life and stuff but i i didn't even know this until actually i saw the article and i read it and i think it's really messed up 
I mean, I think it's really messed up too because it's, I think it also comes down to like, what is the extent of your disability? And also what is the extent at which you're volunteering? So like if you're extremely disabled, but you're able to sit at a table and sign people up for meetings or rallies or to get people voting, do you really think that you should lose your disability check? Is that like, (laughs) like, is anyone else embarrassed about that? Cause I am. And I think that you're taking away people's ability to like, have their civic duty with a ex- good exactly heart? to volunteer what? and to like be a part of it because the thing about campaigns is there are things that you can do where you can sit at a table and sign people up and so if you do have um if you do need that kind of like arrangement made for you boom this is perfect because there's so many jobs we have for you where you can sit somewhere and and do this and still be a part of the team and actively helping but to like tell somebody that well, if you go do that, then we're going to take your money. And then and then we wonder why we don't have representation. So then when you don't have representation, so then you take away people with living with disabilities ability to kind of be a part of the culture, culture and influence people and be a leader, then we now we don't have their opinion in things. And then we go and we're making laws and rules, say even maybe for them, or about them but we don't have their input the same with like women you know when these politicians are making laws about us and you look at a picture of who was doing it and it's all dudes and you're like seven old white what? <laughs> right and you're like well that that can't be right because how do they know what it's like to be a woman or the struggles how do they know what it's like a person living with disabilities if you don't have anybody in there at the table at all able to really give valid input like the most valid input right exactly exactly i don't i don't know i just thought that was i was, I was like we're, we kind of want people to do stuff and then we actually don't want them to do stuff i mean we want we we want them to do stuff to the point that it makes us look good but not if it costs us something okay Ooh. what i said it oh because i think it would i think it would actually i think it would cost us something because i think that if we had more people involved who were disabled it would cost you know the upper people stuff because they we would have to make changes because now they would be a part of the conversation and yeah so (laughs) that makes perfect sense because I was honestly like why would you make this rule like why would you do this who decided this who decided like what I don't know we can't so be having was... letting people out here thrive or do like yeah, the life, right. life. Right. Can I hand out some flyers, please? Not if you want <laughs> to eat. Not if you want to eat, though. <laughs> Girl, it's so oh. sad. I'm laughing so I don't cry. Right. No, <laughs> no. It, it, it really is really messed up. And I, I felt really bad. Um, because you're, I want people to be able to, to be a part of their community and still eat. Me too. And disability is not, don't even, disability is not even that much. So like. Well, and then again, too, when you do think about that, like for people who are extremely disabled, you know, like there's a spectrum of Mm -hmm. disablement or being disabled. I don't know what the proper term is for. So like, especially people who are extremely disabled and rely on whatever it might be to get medicine or to be able to get resources for whatever they might need. Like you really, really are out here playing with people's money and their livelihood, like their, their whole life. Yeah. 
so that no, they can't pass out stickers. Like, it makes me mad. For real. For, and, and then they're visible to, I think, to the politicians who are running and the people who are involved. And um, when I was reading it, it was saying that there's a lot of blockers, you know, with even just accessibility, um, where you're at, what you're doing, and things with just not being, you know, ramps, elevators, all those things. Sometimes you're on a campaign and you might not have that much money. So you might be in like a, a closet, you know, you know, doing work and stuff. Okay. But this also get, brings me to a point. I actually was listening to two different people who shall remain nameless because I know you're not big fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they both had mentioned on separate shows how there is this push. And at least in America, they were speaking about within the context of the United States of America, right. how we truly have to make or try to make our leaders infallible. So, like, if, for yeah, example, Biden yeah. makes a mistake or right. Trump made a mistake yep. or Obama made a mistake, they couldn't be like, yeah, yeah he did. a mistake. Yeah. That was my a terrible bad. decision, it was like, my it, guy. No, right? Yeah. No, they're like, no, that was yeah. that was absolutely not a mistake. He knew exactly what he was talking about. You guys are wrong. And we're like, no, we're not. And it's such a bizarre thing because, girl, who who is anybody really playing? Because we all no. know that y'all are just as big of a mess. You just went to better schools than we did Ooh. and you got voted yeah. for. Yeah. So I don't understand why there's this push to do that when we already know. Like once it came out about JFK. Bro, we know. Once it came out about Thomas right. Jefferson, right? Bro, we know. So, right. like, you're not fooling anybody. So, again, why this need to look quote unquote perfect? And who's to say? And then if you, you have the ability, you're not perfect, right? It's just it, it all you're, that illusion look. of perfection does stem into so much of like you need to be the perfect candidate. So that means that you need to be infallible and you need to be perfect physically. You know. Or men- well, I'm, when I say mentally, obviously you want somebody who's competent and like, come on now, we all know. But when I say mentally, I mean people who have ADHD or people who maybe have BPD or people who have PTSD, those types of things, those people who maybe have mental health issues but can still work and, you know, be great and amazing because they're not perfect. You know, they have an, an error it's, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's that is so that's very, very true. Oh my goodness. Um, so I was talking to one of our listeners. So shout out, listener shout out. Oh, actually, and we have some listeners overseas. So hey, if you're in Sweden or Slovakia or South Africa or South Africa or Germany, please <laughs> hit me up and slide in my DMs and let me know what you think. Cause I am just so curious to hear what you have to say about us from across the pond good Uh. (laughs) bad and ugly because you know what unlike the president of the united states we know we're infallible we're not infallible okay right we know we're not perfect so go ahead and us with your breast and so this listener is an older woman and she was telling me how when we were talking about fashion over 35 you know she was saying it gets even worse once you're over 45 and above because she said that if you want to be a stylish woman and still be kind of fashion forward, she said, your, your options are really slim. And one of the things I found with that is there is a big market for fashionable women over 40, but it's an expensive market. Okay. It's more expensive clothing that is still fashionable and stuff. But when you just go into like JC Penney's 
or wherever when you're looking at the fashion over 40 it is it's not cute and this is what gets tough with that though (laughs) because define what's what's fashion over 40 right right but I I think what it is is when people don't want to look and her word matronly now I don't know. I'm so mad that she said matronly. (laughs) Baby girl, you are not matronly. Who said that to you? I don't not to they didn't say I was matronly. They said, No, no, I'm saying I'm I'm talking to her. I'm talking to our listener over 45. And I felt bad, but then I was like, I don't actually know really what matronly is. (laughs) Elderly. It it is somebody who's conservatively dressed. School marm. It's a school marm. Older married woman who is heavy. Okay, I've been, like, I've been called matronly one time, and I didn't no, know that it meant that. No, I did you were Yeah, and not. I was also, like, 28, so... Wait, who all, said that? The owner of a salon in front of the entire salon. Can, okay, okay. <laughs> I no longer work there. Weird, I know, but, yeah. Um, okay, Wait, I, so I did, did not... you know this was the definition of the word? No! Well, I, thought it meant, I thought it was just like, oh, you look old, like, you look elderly. That's still terrible. I mean, uh, yeah. Like I said, I don't work there anymore. But anyway, it's this is not going to help me. So, so somebody, so she said she felt matronly? Or she said she felt like her friends are dressed matronly. And she, she tries to more be fashion forward. She doesn't maybe follow every trend, but wants to be trendy in it. And she said she kind of felt like people give up at a certain point. And maybe they give up because they feel like they don't really have options, or maybe they give up because they feel like this is what they're supposed to look like at this age. All right, don't be mad at me. But I feel like this goes so much deeper than just what's on the racks and available. Mm. Because girl like i we we've seen the progression because we wore t-shirts from thrift stores and ripped jeans and chuck taylor's for years and then all of a sudden that kind of evolved to like maybe not as ripped of a jean and maybe like (laughs) cleaner chuck taylor and and like a nicer t-shirt that maybe was like seven dollars you know what i mean like it's evolved a little bit but i think that a lot of times a lot of times, especially as women, it's not about what's on the rack at the store. It's about what's going on inside of us. And especially the older we get, we're pushed down by society. We're overworked. We're underpaid. When we come, we, we have now, instead of being stay at home moms and the men go to work and we take care of the home, we now work minimum 40 hours a week and take care of the home and take care of the the kids and do everything exactly i mean look i'm all for the women's liberation like somebody come take me out the workforce and put me in the kitchen please but also the kitchen but i don't want to think about no bills when i'm in the kitchen no not no (laughs) but but i i really do i feel like we are it's so it's such a heavy load and like thank god for the couples out there doing it and being great partners to each other and helping but a lot of times it's not that way so when you have to pick up little so-and-so and and drop off little so-and-so and and be at work from nine to five and go grocery shopping and clean the house three times a week and pick up after everybody else 
and clean and cook and clean and do the laundry and keep up with this. Oh, and try to be social and try to do that. You're playing and whatever try to be hot and try to like. Oh have no, a girl, ro- have- <laughs> we don't have we don't got time to work out and like, have time alone. to have romance and have some type of maybe have one friend and then have guilt put on you because you're not a size two or you didn't work out seven times this week or because I- you don't have any friends or because you don't have a relationship or be- like- and it's because literally how you don't know how to find the time. Right. So I think the heaviness of this quote unquote matronly feeling comes from so much more than there being a lot a, a, a stop it a <laughs> lack of choice on a rack. Yeah. Here's the deal. If I'm 55 and feeling myself, I'm going to look great in a white V-neck. Right. Period. Period. And like a good pair of classic jeans. And they don't have to be a thousand dollars. Girl, American Eagle has great jeans in from size zero to 22 and they fit phenomenal and they're beautiful. They're good. They're not cheap, but they're not too expensive. I am currently wearing an American Eagle sweatsuit. Um. <laughs> we're right they're not a sponsor they are not currently a sponsor but we uh, but, but, sponsor me. <laughs> but see and i'm just like i truly believe that like you if you feel good you look good and if you're 45 if you're 65 and you're wearing a long sleeve white shirt and a great pair of pants like you don't have it i i think i i am of the opinion all that to say i think matronly comes from the inside but i'm not blaming women for the quote unquote matronly look that's coming out. I think that a lot of it has to do with the heaviness of what's yeah. expected of us as women yeah. and the lack of partnership that there is mm. in the world and sometimes in the home. Right. And I think Period. I've been guilty of being judgmental towards women who I felt like slacked off on the upkeep of themselves department, you know, but I think that sometimes something has to go and I think something has to give. And I think for a lot of women, that's what ends up giving is them. So that's why when you see them out with their kids or doing whatever, their hair is in a messy bun, they're in the sweatpants or yoga pants and just t-shirt every day and night and just kind of don't ever really look put together. But I think that's what gives for them. That's, you know, you know what? Some people maybe cleaning gives, in their you know in their houses and it's what were you saying girl no i'm i'm saying yep (laughs) yep amen amen but you know what girl i'm i think that's really interesting and i appreciate your vulnerability and i'm gonna meet you there i'm guilty of judging women who have it together all the time because <laughs> no, I'm girl dead serious and you know what just why am I taking it so deep tonight I'm sorry girl I can't help myself but I'm looking at them and I I not not more recently but a little bit ago and I'm just like oh and I know like girl you know when somebody says something and it definitely has a double meaning I know that sometimes my bitterness and my jealousy would come out because I'd be like oh you're so toned oh you look so good oh that must be really nice to be able to afford that I could right, never right. or like this that, and the other thing and ultimately it's because I was a didn't I was drowning didn't know how to speak up for myself b yeah. jealous of women who were able who you to felt like, like weren't drowning who weren't drowning and women who weren't in a situation because they didn't allow themselves to be in it because they were able to look at their husband or their family member and say hey guess what that's too much you need to tighten up and help me up because this is a partnership. So like where are we at? 
I'm right. not I'm not slept on the couch like I I got three jobs too so like let's go yeah. so yeah I I think like and the coming out of a place of being there before where I was like so overwhelmed and didn't know how and I have a great husband but I was so stuck and didn't know how to say bro like help me out like I can't right. do all this by myself and I guilty guilty party of one okay because I did I was like jealous of those people I was bitter and I was not always the nicest forgive yeah. me forgive me yeah no no I definitely I I feel I feel that because I've been like well you need to tighten up and you need but I think it was because I felt out of control in my own life and I think one of the ways that I control things is by keeping it together <laughs> By, by keeping each other, house clean, you know, by like doing all of those things that for me is trying to keep order in a chaotic world and keep structure. And I think that sometimes people just don't really have time for all of that. And, and like we are, we project our insecurities and our things onto other people. And, and then on top of that, as, as a woman, I think there is that whole gray area of when you start to get older, it's like, am I, what what should I wear? Is this appropriate? Is this inappropriate? You know, can I get away with this? And then how you feel like people are reacting. I mean, I've had people say things about, I still wear chucks a lot. Till the and, day I die. Yeah. And, you know, I've had, oh, well, you know, you wear, I can't, like, you didn't seem the type that would wear, like, chucks. And I'm like, yeah, I well, I the love type. them. And, and I'm. it doesn't <laughs> matter that you're, <laughs> how old you are, you can still wear them. And that's fine. But also then, like, then I think you start to feel a little guilty inside because you're like, well, am I too old to do this? Like, should I, should I felt sometimes, should I be more matronly? Like, <laughs> should, 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 should I, I like... Yeah, like, do I need to be, especially working in the areas that I work, like, do I need to be more conservatively dressed? Do I need to put on that persona of more, you know what I mean? Of a more, like, older woman conservatively dressed you know very polished and things like that right well yeah girl I feel like I I am 36 years old I'm gonna be 37 next month okay and I cannot express to you the freedom that has come over my heart and my mind and my soul in my 30s and girl I've gotten to a point where I'm like I don't care what like if I love these pants, I'm wearing them till I burn holes in them. Like I <laughs> don't care. And like, girl, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, here I'm just gonna say this on the air. I've got a fupa. Okay. I've got one. <laughs> and I still like I still like the tucked in look with the belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like I'm like before I would literally I, it was ninety Amber. You know, it's 97 degrees, 300% humidity. I'm in jeans and a three-quarter. shirts on to make sure. Exactly. And I've got, I've got at least a three-quarter length sleeve shirt on because I hate myself. Oh my I hate you my and body. Those three, the three-quarter length sleeves had a choke hold on you oh in my, the ass, girl. Stronghold, oh my girl. Gosh. Stronghold, toe hold, foot hold, choke hold. <laughs> the holds. And you know what? But see, like, and I feel like for so long, for so long, it's like, and now I'm like, and to be honest with you I don't even like I feel like I'm focused on my health I'm focused on all these things there's been so much growth and involvement that I'm so thankful for but girl one of the things is like I'm really able to look at myself and be like okay sis we could tighten up here okay we can mm-hmm. do that you know but yeah. I also love this outfit and I'm feeling myself so look out Philadelphia right 
I feel like I've definitely gotten more confident. Um, yeah. I kind of I lost it and when I was married. That we'll ha- y'all will have to do a whole a whole a whole episode, episode on be like, a whole separate episode on marriage fashion and put <laughs> and a losing yourself on. and yep. yep put so a it on. definitely took me probably about three or four years to kind of find back where I was and who I was and and what I wanted to wear and who I wanted to be, but also I am a professional and work and then kind of find that balance of like what I want to because some of the stuff I wore when I was working when I first got out the Navy and I graduated and I was working in the office I look back now and I hated what I was wearing I thought it was so ugly but I felt like that's what I needed to wear like in an office and now I'm like that's ridiculous I'm wearing boots with uh, my sweater dress <laughs> and some tights this and is what y'all... A belt on there and some hoops <laughs> and goodbye yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, y'all, this is what y'all got today. This is what you guys have. <laughs> but you know what? If this is the com- the confidence and the mental freedom at 36, bro, I can't wait to be 45. Right. The world's right. going to have a formidable opponent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this month is Filipino Heritage Month. Do not um, get me started on the Filipinos. Y'all, can somebody make me, <laughs> can somebody make me some food? And bring it to me, please. And bring because... it to me, please. And can I please be invited to a party? Yes. Can I please be invited to a karaoke sing-along? Oh, like... oh my God, please. Let's okay. do some karaoke. <laughs> do you remember I was, okay, oh freshman God. year. There I was. There was the most beautiful Filipino boy. And I, <laughs> girl, I liked him so much. <laughs> I think his name was Salvador. Girl, I when I tell you I had a crush, and you know how awkward it was. I had such a crush. I think and his then, name was Salvador. We weren't in school together in ninth grade, point, but yeah. I remember you telling me yeah, about Feening over Salvador. <laughs> I got invited somehow to a party to his house. Girl, what? First of all, why are Filipinos so beautiful? Second of all, why is their food everything? Third of all, why can every single one of them sing? Fourth, why do they know how to party like that? Like, I love the Filipino culture. I love Filipino people. I'm here for it. I think they should get at least a month, okay? I'm here. I love the months. I learned a lot about them, actually, in the Navy. So there's, like, 12 Heritage Months and stuff. And I know that people really like to get caught up on Black History Month. Um, (laughs) But there's a bunch of other ones, guys. And I think what was so (laughs) important is you get to learn about the people and their culture. And in the Navy, one of the biggest things was like food. So they, for whatever heritage month it was, they would prepare food that was um, distinctive to those cultures and stuff. And I think food can be like such a great way to integrate people and everything. But I didn't know that the first Filipinos came to the United States in 1587. Uh, that was really, really surprising to me. And I guess the this month was established in 2009, but there's still so many breakthroughs and barriers and stuff that them that that culture still needs to reach because they they're still having their first things just like us, you know, a first to be on the cover of a fashion magazine or you know right. first to be elected officials and different things. So I was surprised with how long they've actually been in the country as a you know as a people but yeah definitely i would tell people um look up the 12 heritage heritage months um and just find out a little information about them and and instead of thinking well why don't i have a heritage month 
you know, maybe open your mind and just think about like how, what can I learn about this group of people that are also Americans and how can I better understand them and reach them? Well, and I mean, it's just so the world knows Salvador and I did not end up together. So <laughs> I have to do a little research myself because I don't know as much about the Filipino community as I would be interested to know. So I think that is really great advice to take the month, celebrate a different culture, learn a little bit more about it and embrace it. It's awesome. Right. It's also um, depression and mental health awareness month too. Uh, so, which is girl. Well, <laughs> In America, we, <laughs> no. we have a problem with, with, we have a mental health crisis. crisis. I don't even, yeah, I don't even, and I feel like the word crisis is really overused. So it doesn't really do justice what it is. Cause I'm gonna tell y'all stuff and it's gonna piss y'all off. So there was a so study done, on. there was a study done about in 2018. So like as a social worker, as a researcher, you want to, Number one, always pay attention to studies that are close in close in years to where it is now. But that doesn't mean it has to be last year because a lot of times studies take time. So if you're looking back five to 10 years, that's still pretty relevant data and, and relevant information. So in 2018, they did a study and they found that black kids between five to 12, five years old, babies are twice as likely than white kids to commit suicide of the same age and like black kids have an insanely high suicide rate um and the reasons is due to adverse childhood experiences so that's that's basically any type of trauma so trauma doesn't have to be something crazy like your mom was a crackhead you know trauma can be your parents got divorced Trauma can be you lost a sibling or a parent to a drunk driver. It can be you changed schools your senior year. Like there's so many things that can be traumatic and cause adverse childhood experiences for kids. So some of them are pretty bad, like molestation and things like that. But some, I think we don't even realize how divorce is is prevalent, but how much that really messes kids up. And is still considered, that's a marker for having adverse childhood. Um, racial, racial discrimination. So, like, racism actually causes physical illness to where if you're in a place where you're dealing with racism all the time, like, your body is stressed. It stresses your body out. And that can lead to adverse childhood um, experiences, and especially if you're getting teased. And different things. Um, I grew up going to some very small, private, extremely white Christian schools. And I know that my parents wanted me to go to these schools because they wanted me to have a good education. But the downside was I was the only black kid in the school. And now I have to deal with racism. And to me, you have to think about does the racism outweigh whatever good experience you know whatever good school you kind of want your child to have um social traumatization so like us watching michael brown be killed on tv in real time really can mess people up especially when those people look just like you and then you add in um sexual violence and black girls are at a higher risk of being raped and molested so all those factors lead to why black kids have a high suicide rate 
and why we have such a depression and mental health problem. And then I'm a veteran. So you add in veteran stats where it's 17 to 22 veterans a day kill themselves as an epidemic. Um, and now they're even saying that there is double that number of veteran suicides because they're thinking that like 60% of unaccounted veteran deaths are drug overdoses. So the military doesn't count the drug overdoses and to really put them in a category besides drug overdose. So they're thinking that the suicide rate is actually way higher. than oh. that. <laughs> So it would be 44 a day, 44 veterans a day kill themselves. If according to this research is, is true. So like, you know, so along with kind of like the heritage months, there's also other things that are in there. You have like domestic violence awareness months, you have mental health, um awareness months and stuff like this so i think it's important to know that depression and and mental health are an issue here and that this this is what it's all about this month so um you know check on your people and make sure that you're really really checking on people you know and really talking to them because a lot of people are going through it you know people it's hard out here it's really and you know what check on yourself too yeah if you have been putting off be having a really honest conversation with yourself um, or maybe kind of blowing off an honest conversation that a loved one is trying to have with you, let this, don't let this be like just a silly, like, Oh, it's mental health. The No, take advantage of it. Take a moment, take a breath, check on yourself, check on your people. It's a lot going on out here. Um, we have to look out for each other. We do. And I think not feel um, nosy, I guess, sometimes or intrusive, especially if people are our friends. You know, I think that it's okay sometimes to be like, hey, I'm, I'm actually really worried about you. You know, how are you doing? And on that aspect, and then as a whole, like as a country, I think this is what feeds back into what we were talking about with the disabilities and campaigns and running campaigns and politicians with disabilities because I think if you had how many politicians do you really think probably take Adderall or not and take it in a prescribed way guys okay like who take Zoloft or you know who have to take some type of Bruce burn for um, anxiety and all these issues like how many politicians and leaders that we have out there who probably are taking these mental health medicines. And if people were able to be not unfallible, so if you were able to come out as a politician and say, I have PTSD, I take Zoloft every day, and not get ripped apart to shreds and your political career is over, we would be in a better place because people would be able to talk about it. Well, yeah. I couldn't agree more. You know what? That, like... I genuinely wonder where that comes from. This whole, like, this whole trolling vibe and community that there is. Like, we were talking about a, uh, I think last week, like with Khloe Kardashian, she got cheated on. And we were talking about how, like, people were got, coming for her. Right. Well, and, but like, you, a person from Central Jersey, like, have also had the same experience. So, if you, someone over here, has had the same experience as somebody like Khloe Kardashian, or if there are people out there experiencing <coughs> depression or mental health issues on a daily basis and also taking Zoloft, 
why are we coming for the politician who would be honest about it? Right. Like, right. At the end of the day, we all already know that you guys probably are. So like, right. I, I, where does it come from? And why is there this like jump to really just go for the jugular with people? I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. Instead of being like, yeah, hey, you know what, too. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't get it either, especially because we know how bad bullying is, and we know that people kill themselves over being bullied. We do. So we all know that for a fact, but yet there are still people who will still come for people for for something that's so, so stupid. Oh my God, you got cheated on. Like, why are you coming for me? Or oh, well, this politician needs zoloft and so obviously they can't even function and they can't be a leader so then the you know the 13 14 year old who's in high school who just got diagnosed with depression and started taking zoloft now they're thinking well i don't want to tell anybody i take this or i don't want to take this because this is what they're doing to this guy on tv you know about it what if my friends find out that that i'm taking it i remember um after i had the baby my I had really, really bad postpartum depression. And like I'm, what, 57% of women? Right. Yeah. So a number I didn't I honestly didn't know how frequent it was either. Like I didn't know how prevalent it was. I didn't even know what I couldn't even describe to you what I thought it was. But I was taking medicine and I had a coworker talk about a student who was on the same medicine as me. And he was like ripping her apart. And like, that's a really strong, and he was wrong too. Number, but so if yeah. you're going to attack somebody, at least be correct. <laughs> least be right, right. Come correct. So he's like coming for her. And he was like, well, should we even, like, should she be able to stay in the military? Be, you know, and should, could what? she do this job? And I'm standing there looking <laughs> at him. And I don't, and I didn't even know what to say or whatever. And I, and I think another coworker saw me kind of probably start looking distressed. And, and she was just like, you know, it's, it's common. Like a lot of people take this, you know, a lot of people take this medicine. It's pretty common or whatever. And yeah. Also just, go read a book, bro. <laughs> I, I felt so bad and I'm grown girl. I was 30 years old oh. and I was like, you know, I felt embarrassed and ashamed and all kind and then like scared because I was like well damn am I gonna am I gonna keep my job if anybody finds out about this and why you shouldn't have to go through that and and put people through that especially when so many other people are going through it and it's so normal we just don't know we just don't know that other people are dealing with the exact same issues that we are Right. And, and even if they're not exactly the same, where does this level of hate come in? Like, yeah. I don't get it. Why? We have lost empathy, I think, for people. And um, when you really put yourself in somebody else's position, I find it doesn't really matter if what I think. You know, right. you have to take you out of the equation because it's not about you. So if I look at a situation, if I look at something that you did, it doesn't matter if I would have done it the same way, you know, right. It doesn't matter if I would have reacted the same way. That's how you reacted. That's how you felt in that situation. And that's how you handled it. And if I feel like maybe we, you know, you can always handle something better or, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But if you put yourself in somebody else's situation, I think it's easier than to understand 
and say, well, this is, I can get why they did this. I can get why this person stayed in an unhealthy relationship, even though maybe I think I would have left. And then I think it really gives you more empathy because when you start saying, well, I would have never done that, or I wouldn't have done this, or I would have done it this way, or I would have done it that way. That's when the kind of like the, the judgment comes in when it doesn't need to be. Well, you're right. And you know what? At the end of the day, girl, if we've learned nothing, learn today that you have no clue what you would actually do. Actually do. Yeah. Until yeah. you're in that situation. So shoulda, coulda, woulda, I woulda, you have no idea. And you know what? Let's hope that you never have to find out. But this person did this because they were in that situation and that was how they reacted. Right. Girl, it's a mess. It's um, a whole mess. <laughs> I wanted to find out if... So, I don't know. Do you know who Herschel Walker is? Yes. I love did, the name Herschel. Did you hear about what's going on with him? Girl. No. So, okay. So, Herschel Walker is a conservative black politician. So, he's kind of a unicorn. Um, We and, love unicorns. <laughs> but I do not like Herschel. Nobody likes Herschel is I Herschel? Like... <laughs> I think I think I remember which one Herschel is. Is so, he the one who was like, "Oh, since we overturned, what's it called? Let's also look take another look at gay marriage." Was that Herschel? No, but oh. <laughs> same vein of person. No, okay. yes, I like where your head's at because he probably thinking the same thing. But recently, it has come to light that this rising star in the GOP, um, who is very anti-abortion, has paid for abortion for his girlfriend. Jesus, And so that came out. But that's not the crazy part, girl. This man, okay? And I'm saying this with no judgment to people that got kids and baby moms or whatever. But he has four kids, four baby moms. Allegedly, he was in the streets, okay, so his son and daughter have been on Twitter and they were like, first, number one, we didn't even want you to run for office because you're crazy and you're full of shit. <laughs> so I, he's out here saying that he's like a family man and a Christian and a godly man. But he was in the streets. He never took care of any of his kids. Like they were all raised by their mothers and all these things. And he... And then come to find out that he's, like, pushing this very dangerous anti-abortion message and stuff. But Homeboy was, you know, paying for his girlfriend to get abortions. Okay, and- so was that... Now, see, now, here we go. If he would have said, mm-hmm. hey, I'm running for this office. This is where I'm at now. I have, I'm guilty of, of putting somebody... Of trying to push a girlfriend of mine through that trauma... And I take it back. I see what it does. Like, I'm not for it anymore. But if he's hiding that, or also, God forbid, pushing this the same time that he's also pushing homegirl to get an abortion, like, timing matters. Yeah, yeah. It really does. And and what it was just making me think of was, first of all, it was hilarious. Because his kids were really going for him. Right. And, you know... And they weren't here for dad. They they weren't here for for daddy right now. But why do people who push for things so hard hard seem to a lot of times be the ones who are then on the flip side of the coin, also using that? So the politicians who push for to like overturn gay marriage, to you know hate the gays and all this stuff. 
but yet we find out that they had a little boyfriend, you know, and, or, (laughs) you know, these politicians who are pushing for anti-abortion, then we find out they're getting their mistress abortions. Like, it's always the loud ones that just, you know, and I just, why? Right. Well, so again, I think like, like timing, Matt, like, so did you have a little boyfriend and get like back like a little bit ago and get super traumatized in the gay community? And now that has thus brought you to the conclusion of X, Y, Z, or are you out here being loud and proud about, being against that community <laughs> whilst going home to your secret boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. like, cause girl, I'm self-professed love Jesus. I make mistakes every day, every day. Like I do things every day that I'm like, wow, I should have done better. I should have been better, but I'm also going to be like, Hey, this is wrong. This is not right. I don't agree with it. I don't believe in it, but I'm also not going to like try to be out here like, Hey, this is wrong, but also like, <laughs> right. Cause the hypocrisy is deafening and then i think the hypocrisy is definitely whatever your message is gets lost right because whatever side you're on then who's trying to listen to you well right and 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 i think it's so much self-hate yeah (laughs) do you hate the issue because of the pain and the trauma that causes american people or do you hate the issue because it's your issue exactly Mm. you hold in a mirror and you feel some type of way you know because i just if you would have just lived your life, then no. Then if it came out that you had a little boyfriend, I don't think anybody would really care because you weren't being loud about it. But now when you're saying gays can't get married, but then we find out that you and the pool boy, like um, Mr. Falwell. So- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. So, um, those of you who don't know, uh, Farwell was <laughs> was once the president of uh, Liberty University, uh, a college that is very conservative, very fundamentalist, very evangelical Christian that I was going to attend. <laughs> Girl, what? Girl, until the they told me that I couldn't end a racial date, and I said, why would I even go here? Why <laughs> is- would I even? I said, I have here? seen one other black person on campus who am i supposed to date then oh, who, <laughs> who just that person oh. <laughs> <laughs> i you know what yeah but he so he was really anti-gay obviously um always super anti-gay at liberty and um and then you know just was a mess <laughs> girl just so whole... i mean just kind of every type of disaster you can kind of think about him so liberty you can't drink and stuff there but he was i think he borderline to alcoholic like i think he had a drinking problem oh, he might have had a little <laughs> so so it's all you know why was he so loud and wrong but then secretly doing all this other stuff you know well, nobody like... would care if you drank if you didn't condemn other people for drinking Exactly. But, and also too, like how much stronger would the message be if to, to say it, like, listen, like this, this, let's use alcoholism. Cause you said like this alcohol, alcoholism has a chokehold on my life. Like it right. is ruining my world. Like we have got and to it fight was. against it. Yeah. But like, no, you're going to be out here. Like you can't drink. Although I've got a fifth in my, in, cabin, my, office. in my office, in my- like, bro. 
yeah. you know what I like I think about this I was and it's funny because I was actually just randomly thinking about this tonight oh god I went girl I went to I worked with a church in New York City and the there was a guy in that church and he was saying something we were just talking about like having your own stuff tight before you ever even you know go out here saying anything Mm -hmm. and he was like he was saying basically to the effect of like you know it's it's super easy to go out here and say something and then to wind up next weekend scandal so like for all of us in here and he was talking to a room of like the church leadership and I literally think about that to this day as like this this reminder that like First of all, stop pointing fingers. Second of yeah. all, stop pointing fingers. Third of all, like, let's not forget the empathy that we wish we would have been shown. Yeah. So, like, yes. let's let's keep it yeah. real with people. Keep yeah. it real with people. None of us are infallible. Not even you, Joe Biden. And let's just be honest about it because we already and know and not and- even people who voted for Joe Biden because you know I was the first to have something to say about that bike. <laughs> Oh, I see. Like that's always. I just want to make sure he's okay. First and foremost, more than like the the level of contempt, I'm like, is he okay? I feel like his people are putting him out there, and he's not safe. Well, so he's not well. The um, our other favorite person was what? just talking about um, Mr. Trump was just talking about how he how he wanted to sue people for defamation because he want because they're telling saying like he shouldn't run for president again. and like they had this I don't know if this was a recent picture or video or whatever but he was just looking real rough and I was like what no we all everybody y'all need to all go sit down somewhere else they're all still 80 like pushing 80 yeah and and it's hard I think it's a hard thing especially for me because you don't want to be ageist especially obviously as like a social worker and stuff but at the same time, they are all very old. And when I'm saying they, the trio of three that we've been dealing with for the past hundred years, for the past uh, years. Trump, Biden, and Hillary, you know, they're all the same age. I think they're actually all within months of each other, like birthdays and stuff, but they're all like 80, 81 years old. I'm sorry, but I think that is too much. And I think what would help us, and we can end on this note, is that if we had more people involved in community activism and politics who were living with disabilities, who were minorities, who who were women, and who were younger, I genuinely think we would be in such a better place. And I think that a lot of this back and forth between two parties would a lot of that I think would dissipate if we had these types of people in positions because it wouldn't be so polarized and I think you'd have people that would understand things and I don't know like you feel bad saying that there should be an age limit or whatever but there's an age limit for a lot of stuff and the median age in America is 45 so why do we have people who are twice that age making decisions for all of us who are not that age right and, and who aren't get... gonna live to see what's gonna happen with their decision either <gasps> there it is that's what it was home run <laughs> everybody get this girl a microphone that's exactly it like what do they care as long as it sounds good and it gets the votes right i like right. and and you know what with that if i think exactly what you said could make a huge change 
And then, you know what, maybe we could stop looking to the left and to the right and start having conversations that really matter and inspire change. Right. Just saying. Exactly. I think so. Just a thought. Just a thought. Well, thank you everyone for joining Chelsea and I this evening and um, make sure that you guys are registered to vote because voter registration is coming up to end soon. So www.vote.pa.gov and make sure you find your polling place. I don't really care what side you're on on voting. I think everybody needs, has the right to vote and should definitely, definitely vote. Um, Chelsea runs our Instagram account politics but make it fashion one and i run our tiktok politics but make it fashion so definitely please follow us and if you would be so obliged to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and please share with your friends and chat soon girl bye Thanks for listening to Politics But Make It Fashion. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, click that listener support button. Then stay tuned for next week's all-new episode wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Politics But Make It Fashion. My website is www.amberviola.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Amber underscore underscore Viola on Facebook, Amber Viola, or you can follow me on Twitter at Queen Black. That's Q-U-E-E-N-B-L-A-Q-U. Chat soon.